What is up? Welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. And I am Athena Rodriguez. And we're here with comedian Miles Weber. How's it going, Hi. Miles? Oh, I'm peachy. How are you guys? Oh, peachy as well. Swell, even. Are you swell? Swell. swell. Uh, it's good to be swell. But bad <laughs> to be swollen. <laughs> Inflammated. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> never what anybody means when they're like, I'm really swell. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I see the yeah. meat been acting up again. But how positive would the talks in the doctor's office be then? Like, doctor, you got to get in here. She's really swell. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, well that's fun. Uh, we're not um, swell. Yeah, swell. We're swell. It's good. Oh, yeah. Good. I'm glad you guys are an old-timey adjective. That makes me happy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, Miles, uh, you are kind of been traveling around a lot recently. How's the travels been yes. going? Um, it's been going good. It's been, uh, this has been kind of like the first stretch on the road, and my family got to go with me. So I got to take that's, my wife and my awesome. uh, now 20-month-old. We were out on the road for uh, probably like two weeks, I want to say. About two weeks or maybe just a day or two under. And uh, I went through Texas. We have family out there. And then I was doing shows in Austin and Braunfels. And then we relocated from one family to the next in Houston for a few days. And so just spent like a few days here, a few days here, did a show or two in that area each time. Then went to Albuquerque, saw friends there, did a show there. Uh, Then went to Colorado, stayed with friends for like four days there and uh, did a show there. And then two-day trek home to from colorado back to norcal you know it was about an 18 hour drive but i mean that's you gotta split that up into two nine hours with a uh with a toddler in the back um so yeah you know uh that that had its challenges for sure but i mean having them there was really dope so that was a lot of fun and the shows were great the shows were fun as well but i feel like the thing that was very new was family road trip get everybody together and let's yeah. figure it all out over and over and over again and so yeah no it was uh it was a lot of work but it was very fun it was very uh satisfying to be able to have them with me that's awesome i love that you're yeah. able to just kind of bounce from like from friends to friends to family to family and then back home again that's amazing yeah. thank goodness right yeah now i'm very fortunate to where I rec- i'm in a situation where i might be able to alternate between four cities in texas every year so that way we could just try and go out there twice a year i'm doing i'm going back in december around christmas weekend i'm going to be at dallas comedy club so we're going to do the weekend there and then bounce from family to family again in december and then fly back so yeah it's uh it's 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 nice it's it's nice to be like oh i want to go to that place oh i'll i'll work there i guess (laughs) yeah exactly so i'll just do that it's very strange to uh be in a place to do that but it also took like 15 years to get to this point where i apparently i guess can do that (laughs) that's awesome though Yeah. yeah Just plan it out, but like, oh, we're going to go for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Just book some shows. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, well, that's kind of the next fantasy is I've got a f- small, at least a small following in like Australia and the UK. And so it's like, they're like, come out here. And I'm like, I'd love to. So let me oh, figure wow. out how to do that. That might be a tall ass though for the whole family going. Cause that's just like. Robin was not a fan the one time he had uh, mom in the plane 
and yeah they took the plane out to texas there and she was like we're driving back with you uh, <laughs> i'd rather not, drive with them for 18 hours than fly uh, yeah she's like i'm not dealing with that alone oh, again no. absolutely not so yeah uh we're gonna have to figure it out in december but... <laughs> that's cool though hell yeah. yeah we uh when we got married uh we went to hawaii and I yeah. hit up some people when I got us on a show. I mean, we don't have a following out there or anything, but <laughs> it was super cool to be able to like, we're going somewhere. Let's go on yep. some shows and make it happen. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the good thing about our job is it's everywhere pretty much. Yeah. So you can just go through the Rolodex of comics. But hey, do you know anybody that books out here? Actually, I do. So yeah, and you're not a dick, so I will happily <laughs> refer you to this person. Uh, so yeah, no, it's definitely a cool side effect of the job for sure. Hell yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. That's super cool. So you, uh, where you? I know you do the joke, the LOL seven hundred seven. Where yeah. are you from, Vallejo? Where are you from originally? Specifically, where I am from, Vallejo, and I am living in Vallejo again. Nice. Yes. Hey. Yeah. So. Um, it's weird. I'm living in a complex in Vallejo. I remember pretty close to when it was kind of like a thing, <clears throat> like when it got built when I was a kid. Yeah. Wow. And so it's just like, oh man, that's like the, that's the fancy part of Vallejo because it's gated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a very nice, it's a very nice area. Yeah. So I was just like, oh man, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and, and now we're uh, renting a spot here in Vallejo. Yeah. Uh, with the fam. So yeah, we've bounced around a lot. I mean, I was born and raised in Vallejo and then Heather and I moved to LA for a couple of years. Then we moved to Vacaville for like three or four years. We lived in Sacramento for a couple of years and then we lived in Vegas for three years. And then we just moved back to Vallejo all over again. Nice. So yeah, no, we've definitely gotten around to a lot of different spots of NorCal, randomly Vegas one time, <laughs> and then uh, Vegas for the pandemic, really, because we moved there the end of 2019, and okay. so, yeah, we were basically there for the pandemic more than anything else. Well, in Vegas, um, I feel like you can't leave your house anyways because it's too hot, so if you're going to be stuck somewhere, you might as well be stuck there. <laughs> that's the thing. Right now, it is Bay Area, California hot. And yeah, I know. That's yeah. where it's like, oh no, I got to turn on the fan and open a window <laughs> and do and fan my face with my hand and that's going to be plenty. Um, yeah, no, I think Heather's in Washington right now and she said it's it was like 100 up there, so even up in that area, it's it's, it's like 100 here right now. Yeah, it's 100 where you guys are. I mean, it's hard cuz that's the thing about Vallejo, the weather here is perfect most of the year. Yeah. And you just got to deal with sometimes people get shot. Okay. <laughs> so, just, but just don't the, be those people and you're good. But it, so it's like, pow, pow. Oh man, that almost got me. But feel that breeze <laughs> like that, night, like it's sunny, but just a lovely, it's a cold breeze. This is great. Woo, woo, get down. Like, no, this is, I like the air quality here. This is, this is lovely. And so, yeah, the weather here is always nice. It's like kind of overcast in the morning, like 60 and then burns off around 11 in the morning. And then it's like nice through the afternoon. Then it starts to get a little bit chilly again at night and you're good to go because we're by the water. So yeah. it's the trade-off. Yeah. Geographically, weather-wise, pretty fantastic. Everything else. 
you know, not the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna eat. You you're gonna eat gym. some potholes driving around town. You're gonna just take <laughs> oh, them. You're sure. gonna take those potholes on the. You gotta know where those potholes are. You don't know where those potholes are. You shouldn't be driving in the city anyway. So your Tesla <laughs> should know where the uh, potholes are in 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 this hood little town. Um, so yes, to answer in the longest winded way possible, I am from Vallejo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Yeah, no problem at all. I'm, I'm glad it, it came to that. I'm glad we were able to do 45 minutes just on. Just on. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't be the Mostly not a question in the U.S., even. It was just everything else. It was just, a, oh, you asked something about places. All right. I should talk about places that I've been. I mean, if you want, you know, you can come up with bits. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, we're just, we're, we're spitballing here. We're, I we're did thinking this, uh, out loud. I did a bit about Vallejo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It's like everything I do, I come up with a new Vallejo joke to open up or a new NorCal joke. I'm trying to work on a bit now about the word uh, saying hella. Oh. I love hella. Oh, yeah. I love, I love saying it. hella. It's so <laughs> universal. It means so, there's so many synonyms for hella. But also, I don't know of many that are better than Hella. And like, what do people say everywhere else? Because they're like, oh, that's such a NorCal thing to say. I'm like, what do you say when you're talking about, what do you say? A lot of? You fucking square? What <laughs> so, are we doing? Uh, on the East Coast, I don't know what I mean about now, but I know at one point the word was mad for a lot. Like, that's mad wicked. Yeah, mad, mad or wicked. wicked. <laughs> it's mad wicked. You just use two. That's hella, that's hella mad wicked. That's mad wicked, yo. That's hella mad wicked, yo. Um, yeah, no, mad and wicked. Th- okay, yeah, those are, I'd say, something that would make sense. But, I mean, is, yeah, I guess it, mad and wicked would also count as, like, very because that's the other thing is it could mean like a surplus of something or it could mean like the with the aggressiveness of, yeah. you know, I mean, she was hella mad. You know, <laughs> you can't be like she was mad, mad. Now it doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> she was wicked mad. Eh, I mean, that makes sense a little bit, but definitely don't say mad, mad. People are going to think you're having a stroke. <laughs> that's not good. There's a movie actually with that title. It's mad. It's like six minutes. Anyway. Mad, 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 mad world. That's it. Yeah, but the <laughs> last world is world. That's where it is world. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That's yeah. I. I've not seen or heard of it, but no, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out all the different ways that people would say hella and what they think, and just kind of what it says about them geographically or just person wise. You know, what yeah. are some? Yeah, what else? You don't say a lot of a whole bunch. People might say that a shitload, a whole bunch, a, shit- a shitload. <laughs> All that's kinds of. So <laughs> I've heard. I've heard all kinds of, but that's situational, right? Because you can be like, there was hell of people at that party, and I'd be like, where is that party? Let's go. But you could be like, there was all kinds of people at that party. I'm like, what do you mean by that? I don't like, know. What kinds of friends? What kinds of people are there exactly? Yeah, exactly. What's why would you say that specifically? There are all <laughs> kinds of people. Like, what are there kinds of people you wish weren't at the party? Like, what are we? What are we actually talking about here? Um, so yeah, all kinds of is a, that's a, that's a weird one, I think for sure. So yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to iron it down. It's going to be another word bit. I'm going to get locked into writing a lot of word bits <laughs> and shit like that. It'll happen. It'll happen for you. It will. When it's ready. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, so at one point I remember you saying that you kind of grew up in comedy and you were pretty young yeah. when you started comedy. How did, uh, you start your interest in comedy and pursue it? 
Um, my parent. I was eight. My parents were watching George Carlin on one night, and I was I came out of bed and I was like, "What's that?" And they're like, "Don't even worry about it. Go back to bed. You can't watch this. <laughs> Absolutely not. You cannot watch this." I'm like, "Why?" They're like, "It's too adult. You can't watch this." He talks about like dirty stuff and everything, and says dirty words. I'm like, "That sounds awesome." <laughs> like that's no that sound awesome i'm like that sounds great that's it and you guys just watch it he hasn't because i mean i'm eight so like music made sense to me like i understood bands like i'd been to concerts and stuff like that and i'm like okay like people play music but i'd never seen just one person talking like you're not even singing like this what what does he do so i was just perplexed <laughs> and they wouldn't tell me what it was because they didn't want they were just like no 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 don't ask too many questions about this so my fourth grade teacher I was asked her and I was like, what's, what was going on? She's like, Oh, he's a comedian. He gets paid to tell jokes for a living. He's funny. Like you are. And I was like, Oh man. Okay. So I I didn't, I was like, you could just use talk and be silly and funny. And she's like, if you're really good at it, yeah, people will pay you to do it. And so, and then in the next year in fifth grade, we had a talent show and uh, for my school. And she was like, you should write jokes, do five minutes of jokes and see what happens. And uh, I do a joke about it where it was just like in the talent show, there was a lot of kids, but the joke is all all of them were singing two songs because you, they didn't approve a lot of songs for kids to sing if you wanted to sing, because they're just, it's elementary school. They don't want you singing too many things because there's suggestion in every fun song. So they had to really like, narrow their vetting process so it was like two songs it was like living the vida loca and what a girl wants those are the big ones that were like <laughs> on loop over and over and over again and there was a magician who messed up his trick and it was so funny <laughs> it was hilarious it like ruined that kid's that was for sure like a trauma moment absolutely <laughs> that happened in real time that kid messing up his tricks oh god it was so funny i laughed really loud too i'm probably oh, like dang. a fundamental oh yeah no I'm, i probably messed that pork it up <laughs> but i killed um yeah i had a killer set the parents were just happy that i was doing anything other than singing a song or <laughs> do it they were just like oh thank god like breath of fresh air here comes this kid he's gonna do jokes let's go and it was a couple of jokes, a few impressions, and then that was it. Uh, and they were kind of inappropriate impressions. It was like mostly like impressions from the Austin Powers movie. Cause that, was, <laughs> Dang. that was like the biggest, those were the big comedies at the time. So, uh, so yeah, no, there, there, there was, uh, uh, some impressions and that was that. And I did pretty well in the, the competition. But then from then on, all the, the yard duties loved me because I had the, all the yard duties came. And so, man, those those adults who were just kind of hanging out all day outside while everybody else was educating, they were like, you funny, you a silly ass little kid. Like, <laughs> you said a bunch of silly, my little comedian, you said all kinds of funny, like, you do your thing. And I was like, thanks, I will. And so from then on, it was just, I was just religious about it. That was like the in the Comedy Central Presents days where it was, uh, they, they had the, the Comedy Central half hours. Yeah, and I remember so, those. Yeah, with the super corny intro. If I ever do anything for Comedy Central, my condition is going to be like, I want to do the half hour like it was in the 90s. I want the same exact corny, like, boom, 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 like that trumpety corny intro from New York City. Like that, I want the black bars on the side of the screen. Like, let's take it back to the square. And then I want a set behind me 
not just the now they just have like a panel of like an electronic with their name on it so that way they could film a bunch and it's like cowards come on put in some elbow grease fuck this so um i want to do like an old school one if i would ever do anything for comedy central that would be the first thing i'd be like this is what i want to do I want you to go full 90s on me because people would love that. And that would be dope as shit. Oh, that would. Oh, yeah. My my inner child would lose his mind because um, that was like I had the, the VHS tapes that were like six hours long and eight hours long. Right. I didn't understand how you could put so much stuff on those VHSs, but most movies ran for like an hour and a half and everything. And I was like, but they look the same. I don't uh, I was dumb. I didn't, I still don't know how things work. Um. And so, yeah, I would record, I'd fill those up with the stand up that was on Comedy Central oh, wow. and, cool. and, and BET too. I was all about comic view. That was when like Bruce Bruce was hosting. And mm. sometimes they would show like the old school ones with Bernie Mac. I remember seeing that and being like, Oh my God, like I would shit my pants. Also, I really want those pants. I want the, <laughs> I want the pants that he wore with his face airbrushed on the quad. Like that's what he wore. He wore a ridiculous shirt with multiple patterns on the shirt and then he had jeans with a airbrushed his face like i want those pants i tried to get somebody to airbrush his face on the pair of jeans for me the same and there was like three airbrush people i went through and they were like ah it's not going to be the same and i'm like no i don't it's got to be the same i can't i can't have it kind of look like bernie mac because then people are gonna be like why is there just a random black guy on your thigh and i'm like no man you understand it's not it's you racist squint. if you have to you yeah it's racist if you have to explain it Tilt your head to the left a little bit see see bernie mac you see him? yeah yeah so i i really want those pants and i want to wear them for a special or maybe i'll do a special where like it's my face it should be oh. your face. it's my face because that's like it's such a weird thing <laughs> i've also thought about because i can't really grow a beard like it's awful and it takes forever and it looks real pubicky but if same, i get same. I, it's just not fun yeah, man it looks terrible I if i have a mustache i look like you know spike snoopy's cousin from peanuts Oh my God. <laughs> that lives in the cactus. I look like him if I have a mustache. It's just strands of hair loosely just hanging just straight over my lips. And I'm like, this is the worst. How do people grow beards? I don't know how this happens. Uh, and so I always thought if I could get to a point, maybe like later in life where I am able to grow a beard or anything, uh, doing one special with a beard and calling it the one where he has a beard. <laughs> and then the rest for the rest of my life clean shaven just doing one where it's like no it's the one where he had a beard oh my god we were just watching this episode of his show where they're jumping timelines and in this timeline they were all evil so they all had a goatee <laughs> but they were fake goatees that they made <laughs> so they could show that they were evil what yeah why is it about a goatee we just I don't know. If it's not on Stone Cold Steve Austin, we don't trust it. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you shouldn't. You shouldn't trust just an honest man wearing with a goatee. Absolutely not. You shouldn't, except for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's true. Even though it's I can't. Only one. I, still, I, still, yeah. I still don't trust me either, so we're good. I mean, yeah, you kinda you're kinda rocking the 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 goat a little bit. But I mean you're yeah, I mostly you're like rare... chin though. I mostly like chin. It's mostly like chin. I, so if, yeah, I think if I had my 
if I had my uh, way, I would keep the mustache shaved. I just lazy sometimes. Yeah, see, like you've got more of a padding down here, so I feel like that's Is that that, you're the else? rare exception. Is that a I don't name? know. I think it now you're getting into beard territory if you've got more down. <laughs> but I guess here. you're the wrong person to ask. It's oh, an I'm oh I'm not I am <laughs> precise I am precisely the incorrect person to ask on, on facial hair anything or etiquette like I shaved two days ago and this is what happened like it's dear lord so yeah you're a rare exception as far as like you're such a nice person I don't even register that you have a goat <laughs> well that's good that's good it, it bypasses it yeah it's like it's how like... some people don't see color it's like I don't see facial hair. <laughs> I think I look at the human behind the facial hair. I don't even see. I, I don't even see eyebrows. That's how forward-thinking I am. You're just beautiful skin. Oh, interesting. We all look like uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't see hair either. Engage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hey, so um, when you did the talent show in fifth grade, and you were kind yeah. of getting into comedy, did you keep doing it? And as as a child. Um, not as a kid. No, I mean, at that point, I just didn't know what to do. I yeah, thought it was just like, that. oh, I like this. But my dad was very much just like, eh, you should like do like a real thing and then do that on the side. And I'm like, like what? I don't know. And so when I graduated from high school, I was going to a community college. And at first I was, I guess you could say loosely majoring in kinesiology just to mm. like do something in like the physical therapy, maybe feel. Cause I was at that point, I was really into health and fitness too. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I could do something like this. I, I don't know how it works. Like I was not excited about it. <laughs> and, uh, but then shortly after I graduated, I saw that there was an open mic at a comedy club in Fairfield, which is only like 15 minutes away oh, from that's cool. where I live at the time. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll go on a Wednesday. I'll bring all of my friends and tell them to laugh. And then if I suck, tell me that afterwards. But I can't, I couldn't take it not going well the first yeah. time. And if you like, suck, then nobody would know because people would be laughing. Exactly. So I'm just like, just, just like, come, please laugh anyway. But like, if I suck, pl just pull me aside afterwards and be like, that was really good. I'm glad you got that out. You know I mean, it's, it's good to cleanse yourself of that. Scratch the itch. Know that it's gone now. Like, don't do something else. But afterwards, everybody was like, no, it was really funny. We actually really enjoyed it. And then I went back the next week with nobody and bombed my dick off. And I was like, this is it. This is it. Weirdly, the bomb is what perplexed me. Because all my friends were like, oh, it was really, really funny. And even the guy who was hosting was like, it was really, really funny. And I've been hosting this for a while. And it's really funny. And I would tell you if you sucked and you definitely got a lot going for you that is good. And I was like, yeah. And then just chomp down on a dick the next week. Damn. And I was like, oh, well, it's okay. So it's different every time. Like your set doesn't necessarily have to be different every time. But I mean, you're going to have a higher success rate if you can make it malleable because the show's never going to be the same. It's always like playing a different puzzle. And so I was like, oh, perfect. This seems like some place where I could like dispense the nar narcissism that's just been layered into my soul from <laughs> generation after generation in my family. I can have a healthy outlet doing it here. I like writing jokes. I like it when people are happy when they like my jokes. 
uh, this seems like a, a good fit. Let's go ahead and do this. But then I, I stayed in community college for like another two years and just took stuff that I thought would help. So I took every English class I could shake a stick at. I took uh, creative writing. I took debate, public speaking, human psychology. So just things that I'm like, I feel like this makes sense. Like these should help. I should know the language that I'm going to be doing stand up in like the back of my hand inside and out. Um, and then what am I doing like up there? So everything seemed to have like a parallel to being better at doing stand up. Yeah. And I was like three or four units away from getting some minor degree in something. I think maybe English. I might, I might have been really close to an English degree because I was taking so many English classes. They were like, you just got to take this math class. And I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> it was a math class away from a degree in English. And I was like, oh, nah. And then I just walked right away from it. And just You're like, I'm here for a degree in comedy. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a goal of mine now, long term in my lifetime, is I want to make it where you can go to college and you can get a degree in stand up. Like, you got to, the, there's degrees in all kinds of stuff. And why shouldn't it make sense that you could have like a curriculum that should be conducive to you getting some type of degree in stand up? So I don't know how that you make that a thing, but at some point I'm sure I'll get around to trying to find out how to make it a thing. That way I could be like, got you motherfuckers. See, oh, yeah. I, all you who are like, get a real job. We're in, we're here. We're real now. <laughs> like we're It's real a real now. one. Eat a dick. You know, what's funny is you said that, uh, when you first wanted to do stand up, your dad said get a real job. And now mm -hmm. your life goal is to turn that into a real job. Yeah. Yeah. To legitimate. <laughs> Cause people, it, unless you're everybody's definition of success is where they watch comedy. Mm -hmm. Most of the people watch it on Netflix. So they're like, when are you getting a Netflix special? When are you mm -hmm. getting an HBO special? When are you going to be on this thing I watch online? Like their lens is just on their world and that's what they measure success by. And so if it's not that they're super quick to just dismiss it and just be like, he's still doing your little skits. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, your story, your stories, right? I remember I saw you ten years ago, and you were doing your stories at the fair, you know. And so, <laughs> so yeah, they they're so quick to just dismiss it or talk about your plan B or your this, that, and the other, and that sucks. It's it's as much of a, you know, I, I may not have student loan debt, but I've got life debt from just trying to figure this shit out, you know. I mean, so. No matter, I, and I was talking to a friend about this who I went to high school with, and we very much kind of went both towards our passion, but we went the opposite way to do it. Like hers was very much so she needed to go through years of college and spend a lot of money to get her degree to do what she wanted to do. And she worked her ass off and just turned the blinders off. And, you know, I don't know how much fun she had early on in life. And she said, not a lot when I hung out with her recently and uh, I just, I was in my twenties going cross country in the car with guys in their fifties who were bitching to me about being on their third marriage and going to do this gig and then that gig. And then that was my whole twenties was just time in the car with guys like that and OGs on the road and just road dogging it, sleeping at rest stops, figuring out everything in between, you know? So uh, that's how I spent my time. And we, both talked about it and I told her, I was like, Hey man, like, it seems like you're at a point where you kind of want to change what you're doing in your life. Cause you didn't really, this didn't pan out the way you thought it was going to. 
uh, from my side of things, somebody who did the thing they wanted to do, that was hard too. So it's like, no matter what, we always want to think that it's going to be easier if I do blank. Not usually the case. No matter what, it's the game you play. It's like, all right, do you want to play the comedian game? It's going to be hard. If you want to play it like forever, you know, yeah, it's going to have its own ebbs and flows. But so does the, I don't know, the doctor game and the lawyer game and the nurse game and the veterinarian game. Like they, they're, they've all got weird things and high highs and low lows and but it's just a matter of the game you're playing so i mean it's hard to to go after something that you want to go after so that's where i tell people like just do it if it's gonna be hard and it's gonna suck like half the time anyway you might as well just do it people see me at the shows they're like this is so great you get to do this for a living I'm like it's fantastic but you guys get to see that i perform for free you pay me to be away from my family you pay me to travel like i mean the performance is the icing on the cake this is dessert this is fantastic i had to drive for three days to get here get set up at the airbnb figure out a time to write figure out a time to edit manage my social media do this and there's so many things that are work for this job that aren't the most fun part of the process. And then there's parts that are. So, I mean, no matter what you do, you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. Uh, so just do it anyway. Do the thing you want to do. Who gives a yeah. shit? Hell yeah. That's amazing. Hell yeah. Well, I, I love all of the, the really cool, um, words you just dispensed to us. It kind of <laughs> reminds me of like how uh, you run Green Room Talk. Yes. Yes. I, uh, that was something that was um, during the pandemic. I saw a lot of comics not having the best time. And so it started from a place of just like, I wish that entertainers had somebody to talk to who gets it. Because mm-hmm. it's a d- different type of lifestyle that we've chosen. There's a lot of aspects to this side of the work world where people don't get it and having somebody just having a comic be like oh yeah no i've been there sucks (laughs) like just that is so inviting and feels so warm and really helps a lot takes some of the edge off takes some of the weight off your shoulders with some of the things but yeah there's just a lot of it that people don't think about and so during the pandemic it was hard because you know these are my people and they're like you're not essential it's like fuck you we're not essential absolutely not and so it started as like i wanted to just be someplace where we could like talk and then it quickly became well, could we talk about like jokes too and like stuff I'm doing? Cause I feel like I'm not doing anything. And so comics just kind of felt like they were spinning the wheels, just bitching. I'm like, yeah, man, I love writing jokes with people. So let's just go ahead. And then it turned out comics were really, really getting a lot out of the writing. So then I was like, all right, well, you know, I sat on the idea for like a year. Um, and then I had a reading with you where you helped spirit vocalize to me that they're like, you need to get shit together and pull the trigger on this now or it ain't going to happen. And trust me, like you could not do that and that's fine and then it'll be okay. But it's pretty dope. The shit that happens if you decide to go this way, it's going to be a bitch, but you can do it. And I was like, okay, fair enough. And so uh, I pulled the trigger on it and it's just been a wild ride of, you know, 
getting people to sign up and helping them out with their <clears> writing. <throat> um, now it's really become a focus on the writing and mm -hmm. how you're doing yourself on stage, what you're like off stage, the business side of things. We talk real numbers, yeah. you know, this is how much you're going to be making at this, I, this stage. If you're doing a show on this night of the week, you should try and expect to work at a deal that looks something like this. If you're working out this deal where they take the bar in the door, you want to make sure that you get this much. And so we talk like real business numbers just to make sure you're not getting hosed. So that way, cause nobody, we don't, this isn't stuff that anybody of us talk about, like how, much balls do you have to have to hang out at the comedy club on the weekend and then talk to the headliner at the bar and be like so how much are you getting paid for this shit this week like that's such <laughs> a weird yeah like, it's just not something that unless you're super tight with a comic that just did the right. gig yeah, and even really then the, the scale is going to be different for everybody depending on how well you draw mm -hmm. you know so that's a new thing in this that i'm learning by promoting my own shows you know and how clubs look at it when you say you want to do an off night you know apparently it means they expect you to do almost all of the work and it's like well then you better give me almost all of the door if i'm going to be doing almost all of the work so um so that's a whole nother beast in and of itself but we talk about stuff like that and then i check in there's you know comics who i'll you know i've coached for months and i'll be like hey when was the last time you went on a date with your wife well, I mean, I took her to the comedy show that I was doing. And there, wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't a show. There wasn't a show. When was the last time we went on a date? When didn't have anything to do with stand-up comedy. Oh, it's probably been. All right. Pull out your calendar tomorrow. Or next time you and your wife are sitting, eating, or whatever. Both of you pull out your calendar. Do Go on a date that isn't comedy. Go do something. Be a couple. Like, trust me. You like her? You want to keep her? I mean, yeah, she's a dude. <laughs> come on. It takes a certain kind of person to love a comic. You don't know what you're signing up for more times than not when you sign up to to be with us, especially for long term, man. Yeah. Especially to raise a family, dear lord. So yeah. it's it's a lot. And uh to be able to manage that balance is really, really important. It's doable. It is is it a pain in the ass? Yeah. Is it hard to do? Absolutely. Is it worth it? Every single second. So I check in now a uh, little th i try and pay attention you know we talk a little bit you know a couple minutes in the beginning or maybe a couple minutes in like how are you doing actually like everything else like you head okay like everything feels good and most of the time they're like yeah sure i'm good and then sometimes they're just like i don't know i felt kind of funky after the show doing this thing or i accomplished this goal and it just felt weird and now i just kind of feel i don't know like I should be happier with my <laughs> scenario and not still stressed out. Um, and I'll talk to him about that. And we kind of break the, break down that because that's an aspect of the industry that post accomplishment, uh, depression, I believe is what it's actually called. And it's a real um, thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. When you romanticize a goal for so long, like, and you build, put it up on this pedestal and you've imagined a million different ways it could go where it's great. Um, it can't possibly line up to all of those thoughts. And so inevitably you do the thing, you feel great. The sun comes up the next day and you're like, oh man, this feels like a, a time when the credits would roll and we're like, ta-da, but I got to keep going. I got to do more shit. And it's like, yeah, what are you going to do next? It's like, I don't know. So yeah, no, I think the, uh, the, the lady who wrote Eat, Pray, Love after her book, like was on the 
New York Times bestsellers list. She got really depressed for a while and went through oh, it. With wow. that. Yeah. So, because she's like, what do I do? Everybody loves this book. Like, and they want another book. And I don't know what to do. Eat, pray, love, know. too. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's oh, why eat. people go back. That's still eating, still go. praying, still loving. Yeah, man. They'll love it. They love eating. They love praying and they love love. Yeah. Especially white people when you put it with the words live and laugh. They really love it. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it, it's a real thing. And that's something that I think comics quick, that's a moment when comics can quickly turn to substance abuse. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I've lost comics to that I've known to substance abuse because of that aspect of the industry. They get depressed. They come down after shows. They don't know, you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. because you got to have something to disengage after your shows or to lose your mind. Like, I mean, cause you're so jacked up with the adrenaline. You just did this great show and everybody was laughing at you and you were killing. And then you got off stage and everybody wanted to take their picture with you and you were signing stuff and selling stuff and they bought you a drink and you took a picture and you sang the song at the bar with everybody. And then you go back to your hotel room and it's radio silence. Mm-hmm. And there's just nothing but you and the humming of the mini fridge next to the bed. So what do you do? There were years in my 20s where I was just up till three or four in the morning trying to figure out what to do with myself. And I totally get how you abuse substances. And thank God I never did. But then I would start to smoke a little bit of weed at night. And then I could pass out and I could actually fall asleep. And I could actually, you know, be functional. Now being a dad is a good, like, who gives a shit? You know, you go do this rocker show. I come home. I'm a dad again. It's like there's shit to do. Who gives? It? No one cares. <laughs> like uh, so, so having that, you know, situation where if you can figuratively like take the cape off, hang it up, put the dad hat on, or put the husband hat on, or do a puzzle, like th- do something that completely brings you back down to earth. Otherwise, if you just if you want to sleep, then hanging out where it's high up here for too long is just going to you'll get to do a show again. But not sleeping is going to mess up the rest of your day and might throw some of your business side of things off, at least for me anyway. So, yeah, no, that's an aspect that I try and check in with comics on when uh, we're doing the coaching and things like that. But right now it's just trying to help comics figure their stuff out if they're serious about this being a business and they want to have a career doing stand-up comedy, then we are trying to work with people to be like, all right, well, let's, let's teach you how to write jokes well and fast. Uh, So that way you can keep turning out new material constantly, especially in the day and age of social media. Nowadays, you got to have something new almost every year. It's, it's looking like, which is cool. The UK and Australia, they've been doing it that way with their standup for a long time where it's just every year, it's expected you just come out with a new hour. Um, so it's cool. That's finally starting to catch up here where it's just like, yeah, so what's the new shit that you're spinning out. And so put it all out there see what happens. Um, so yeah, yeah just, crazy. just trying to help people be funny for money. <laughs> I love it. I love the um, kind of intermingling the, the life coaching along with, you know, comedy coaching as well, because like you said, it is a really important like resource for people, especially um, not just speaking on my own personal experience, but a lot of comedians, they don't really have that background support. So having someone that they can like connect with after those kind of events or just for coaching and just feel like they have somebody that they 
are in a no judgment zone type deal is it's such an invaluable resource. I'm, I'm my wife for other comics. That's who I am. Like, cause I, I bounce everything off of her. She gives me the space to create play creatively uh, she has good ideas. She knows when to steer me certain ways. As far as the business side, she thinks things through. She can see from the outside what things look best and helps me weigh out options so that way I can make the best choice. So I am for other comics, essentially what my wife is for me. Is, and when it's well, shitty, they're there. She's there to be like, this sucks. I'm sorry. I, but man, good on you for getting through it. And you know, if I have a set where I get some bad news right before I go on stage and I just got to autopilot and get through it, um, it's very emotionally taxing. She's there to talk about it afterwards and just kind of be there to be like, I know, yeah, it sucks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's really, really unfortunate. So, yeah, like, I mean, that's essentially everyone should have a version of her if you're going to be in this industry. <laughs> that's amazing, though, how you can kind of like, Take, take, you know, what she has to offer in that way and then yeah. translate it to the other comics. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, I mean, it's very helpful. I mean, and then one thing who've done it have been very one happy thing about it. you used, for example, was like, Hey, take your wife out for dinner, you know, take her on a date. Yeah. It's not comedy. And I yeah. think that's, that's very important because a lot of people don't even think about that kind of stuff. They get caught up in the comedy, like the comedy show, comedy show, comedy show, and, and they don't even think about it. Like for us, yeah. like it's not really that big of a deal because we're both into it. It's both of our passion. Yes. Right. But for somebody who's with a partner that isn't, in that comedy mindset, I could see how that could be a problem. And then where the comic kind of just doesn't even consider it. Oh yeah, man. You know, how many bad comedy shows Heather has sat through <laughs> just to get to me at like the end where, <laughs> Oh my God, there was like a string for like a year or so where I was doing just a lot of local stuff. And then when I was on the road, they would have like three or four local comics before me. And she just is a soldier for sitting in the back and just, oh God. She has by far sat through more bad comedy live than she has sat through good comedy live. Wow. I, I can tell you that much. Um, so yeah, you got to be a good soldier, man. I mean, it's not picnic for everybody all the time. And I think we just get blinded because we're like, well, this is a cool job. So, I mean, it's like, cool, the energy and everything. Yeah, it is for a while. But then after a while, if they're not in and a part of the process of you writing and turning out new jokes, because that's what she's invested too. She's like, no, we talked about this joke and I want to see how it does. And then we talk about it afterwards and just like, oh, maybe it seemed like they tightened up on this part maybe you say this instead or think what's another thing we could think about and so yeah it's like a whole process and she's in on that process but she's got to sit through a bunch of bullshit to get to that part you know <laughs> and but then there's sometimes where i'm opening for somebody who we're fans of and we're just like oh this is super duper cool and we get to hang out with them after and so that's cool so but yeah no it, it, it you gotta have something and i think that's across any if you have like a semi weird job where it's like fun to do it, you know, I don't know if you're an event planner or you own a nightclub or something, you think that like bringing your significant other to the place where you work because it's fun makes it a date. 
And it might a little bit in the early stages in your relationship, but later on, you better play a different song, homie. Like, what are we doing? So go do a paint night or an escape room or something. Like, go do something fun that you're not accustomed to doing. Do something new together as much as you can, you know? So that's the thing that's going to make sure you like it. I've been thinking about this recently where it's just like, if we can get super philosophical, right? Yeah. Like, Love is pretty universal and it's kind of the glue that holds us all together. But as far as like relationships go, I think one of the stronger emotions for longevity is liking because you can love people from afar. You can have love for people if you're not like with them anymore romantically. You know, I feel like a lot of kids who are products of divorce hear that where it's like, Oh, I still love your dad or I still love your mom, but we just, we don't like each other like that anymore. Or, and so there's something to be said about like, yeah, I have the love for you there. Yeah. The attraction is there, but are you excited to be like, you want to go see the Barbie movie? And you're like, fuck yeah. You know, <laughs> like the, you gotta be able to like each other. And so I'm just lately, I've just been like, yeah, that seems really paramount. If, if it's, it's probably just as important, I think as loving somebody unconditionally is also liking them. It's really important. You can have love for somebody, but not like them. You know, I mean, there's plenty of family members and things that sometimes have to go that way where it's like, I love you, but I just really don't like what you're doing and how you act yeah. most of the time. Unfortunately, your default setting is what I don't like. <laughs> so if there was a factory reset where we could just try again, I would hit that button in a heartbeat, but it, we're kind of stuck. Unfortunately, it seems with this. So yeah, no, it seems to me like, uh, cause yeah, you guys like each other. Like you like most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging out. Like, yeah. I mean, so yeah, like anything from hanging out to doing something fun, you know, or like something cool happens in your life where you're by yourself. Who's the first person that you want to go run and tell mm -hmm. that person? Cause you like them. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, no, I'm going to tell you. Cause why would I tell anybody else? Some of so, the best, some of the best parts are just us traveling to shows together yeah. and talking about, Oh, might try this, might do this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to see this person. That's so exciting. Yeah. You know, things like yes. that. It's fun. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of stock in liking somebody as much. So people will get real caught up in all of the love. And I'm like, that's good. You should have that. That's absolutely important. You know, because if otherwise it's just a homie, if you don't really love them, but you like them like a little bit, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you're going to have the love, you got to have the like too, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. They definitely go together. They do. They do. So uh, where can people find more information uh, on Green Room Talk? Greenroomtalk.org. Um, for right now, we're trying to trying to do like this thing where it's like an online university, we're calling it, you know, where you can get like a little certification thing after you complete a course with us and i'm trying to figure out the courses and who's going to run curriculums and things like that so mm -hmm. at some point it might be grtu.com or something we'll see what's up but um for right now greenroomtalk.org is where they can find out uh more information on comedy coaching and all that fun stuff hell yeah hell yeah mm -hmm. so miles you mentioned a couple of times uh you become a father recently in the past year or so tell us about fatherhood it's great. It's the best. And uh, not just because you're supposed to say that. Otherwise, because <laughs> yeah, I talked to a 
friend of mine the other day on the phone and he was just like how's fatherhood i'm like it's the best he's like you have to say that and i was like no man like <laughs> it is like i mean it like um and i i vehemently did not want children when i was in my 20s i was like no i don't want kids it's not gonna be a thing was Absolutely it because not. your comedy lifestyle um i feel like that was part of it and then um I just had a rough relationship with my mm, dad and I was like, yeah. I don't want to do that to a person. Uh, and then I was, I got to a point where I started working on myself and it's like, you could just not, you know, I mean, you could just not be that way. <laughs> like, you know how that sucks. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, that's fascinating. But then also being with, you know, my wife, yeah, being with her, I was like, Oh, you'd be a dope mom. Like that would be cool to see actually. Like I, that, I'd get a front row seat to that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for that. And I just kind of started working on my own stuff and grew up a little bit. And then I was like, okay, yeah, no, let's, let's give it a go. Uh, and then very quickly we uh, are here now um, <laughs> with a toddler. And so, uh, so yeah, I'm just like, okay, perfect. It was meant to be, there we go. And um, yeah, it's been fantastic. I think it's a thing that, if you, for people who don't have kids, it feels rude uh, and disrespectful of the whole act of raising a kid to try and put into words what it's like, because it's there just aren't words. You just have to feel they, the kid has to be there, yeah. and then that feeling that you get now of your heart living outside your body is really it. But I equate the life's of living to like what kind of amusement park do you like because i feel like people who don't want kids there's a lot of aspect of their life where it's like i like more like the disneyland rides you know through rides tell me a story they're fun there's some ups and downs some jolts a lot of good times here but it's not gonna be all over the place all the time you know i mean like with it things stay pretty manageable but also very fun and and there are stresses that I don't have to deal with, which is great. And so those that's a type of amusement park if you're a person that doesn't want kids. And that's fine. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you decide to be a parent, you're like, I like roller coasters. Like, I want you to take me all the way up. And I want you to spin me around as much as you possibly can. And we're going to go diagonally and we're going to drop. And then I'm going to feel <laughs> like I'm going to die. And then I'm going to want to throw up sometimes. But then there's going to be these moments where I'm going to feel like I'm flying. And it's going to be the coolest thing. Then I'm going to feel like I'm going to die real quick. And then it's going to be the best. All of, So it's just like you're committing your life now to a whole different set of high highs and low lows. Um, they're just, it's, it's widening that barometer for what it means to go all the way up and all the way down as opposed to not having kids where you know things seem a little bit more in your control but when you got a person a new human being that you're responsible for in that manner uh and it's your job to try and raise them and show them how things work and and how to be a good person then you're kind of committed to a lifetime of at least checking in and being like how you doing i have a feeling about that like that's kind of <laughs> it's always how it's gonna be you're gonna you got something that's gonna take up space rent free in your head for the rest of your life now you're always if they're not there you're gonna be like hope they're not dead <laughs> really 
it'd be super duper cool if they're still alive. And then they call you and you're like, holy shit, you're doing it. Like, <laughs> you're not dead yet. I am amazed because I am dumb. Um, and I think it's the other reason why people say they don't want kids. They're just like, ah, no, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. And it's like, none of us do. That's the big okay. secret. That's the big secret that nobody tells you is nobody who's ever had a kid knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. You can read the books and it helps. You can go to classes and it helps. All those things help. You're going to have a human that no one else has ever had. Exactly. You got a new person showing up and I don't even, I don't know who this guy is sleeping on the <laughs> other side of this wall. I don't know who he is. I got an idea. So far, he seems really cool. But like he's becoming a person with like opinions and things like that. And so, yeah, it's, it's a wild, weird ride, but it's the best. It's the best. I wouldn't change it for anything. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. He's a cool kid. He is. Yeah. I I can personally say he is a, a pretty damn cool kid. He is. Hell yeah. You're right. Um, Heather is an amazing mother. She is. She's mm-hmm. the best. That's that's the other thing, man. It's just getting to watch her be a mom all the yeah. time. I'm just like, oh, you're killing the game. Or when I go out for, f- I've been around most of his life. It's been very, I've been extremely fortunate that I've been able to be around most of his life so far. And I'm going to try as hard as I can to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I go away for a few days and I come back, it's like whatever she's done with him, he she's like turbocharged him like <laughs> he he knew one two three and then i go away for five days and then he's up to 10 now he's counting to 20 he loves yeah. counting to 20 um so yeah it, 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 it just there's always a new thing that i'm just like okay whatever you're doing with them goodness gracious man like um so she's killing it and she's extremely patient she's so patient with him mm-hmm. um just i think like last month was the first time like he was down for a nap and I came in and she was having a little breakdown and I was like, what's wrong? She was like, I was at the store and I yelled at him and I'm like, what did you say? And she's like, he was standing up in the cart and he wouldn't sit down and he almost fell and I got upset and I yelled at him and I told him he couldn't do that. And I'm like, okay, so he almost died a little (laughs) kind of, and then you were like, Hey, don't die. (laughs) <laughs> that for many reasons that I don't have time to explain in this moment right now. And then afterwards, did you feel bad? And you're like, I'm sorry. And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> dude, he's going to try and kill himself accidentally sometimes. And you got to be like, Hey, like, <laughs> so, I mean, she just doesn't have that dad voice octave. Like he just kind of looks at her and laughs. So, uh, cause she's so sweet. Um, but yeah. That, and that was like, when he was 18 months, 19 months, I mean, that's the first time that she's been like, Oh, what did I do? And it's like, trust me, he's not going to need therapy because he's like, when I was one, I was standing in the cart. And she yelled at me because she thought I was going to die. Fascinating. Let's, let's expand on that. There's not really much to expand on. I had a new brain. I don't remember much. <laughs> And I did almost fall. And I did, in fact, almost fall. I did. It was. It would have been a whole mess of a lot of things, all kinds of bad things. Oh my all kinds of. So, uh, so, but no, she's she's killing the game. She is an absolutely fantastic mother, and she's great with kids. So it's it's 
it's a it's a privilege to get to watch her parent i agree hell yeah, yeah. that is awesome <laughs> that is awesome uh do you have anything like in the works any projects or anything you're working on coming up dear lord yeah I mean, <laughs> too many <laughs> um yeah i got the path down but i'm just doing too much but i mean i guess that's what we do now is too much yeah um you guys were there for when i recorded my last special my latest absolutely one. hell yeah so you were there when i recorded that i just finished editing that today Ooh. so that is done it will probably be out in the next couple of weeks here on youtube in its entirety um so it's a, a little under an hour of uh some new material uh and yeah it's definitely a project that you know i'm very invested in it's a very different type of special uh the last 20 minutes we kind of get a little uh intuitive with what's been going on in uh my family for generations and it's very introspective and then the last five minutes we all fall off of a cliff that people apparently need lubing up for before because <laughs> because otherwise they just stare at you blankly like oh this took a turn <laughs> um so yeah there, there's the last five minutes we really go off a cliff and you just gotta hang with me because we land somewhere nice um but that's getting come, ready to come out and so far i've been releasing clips of it online and they've been received very well um in, in particular there was a bit i worked really really hard on that uh was about they them pronouns and it is doing extremely well online right now so i'm very very grateful for that because i worked hard on that but now it's like ah okay if i work hard good things will happen eh, but that means i gotta like it took me like three months to figure out how to do that bit. And then you got to suck doing it for a while. That's the thing yes. people don't, you got, I had, they're like, Oh man, this was, you, you should wrap this. It was sped out so good. It's like, yeah. Cause I fucked it up like 10 times at shows all the way up until that night. Even that night, there was a part that I fumbled over one word and I still edited that part out. So <laughs> like, nice. so yeah, I mean, it was really a lot to, commit to memory, figure out the right order and everything like that. And so, but um, it was received very well online. And so now I'm just trying to like figure out how to navigate my future material. Um, and then I just had my second dry bar special came out on the dry bar comedy app, oh, which yeah. is exciting. And it's doing oh. very well. I think right now I checked, it was like uh, in the top five on their specials. Yes. You can check that out. Uh, so that's up on the app. And um then I've got another compilation because now every year I'm going to try and come out with two sets for people like, and I'm going to call them the Miles Weber mixtapes. So there will be an A side and a B side, hopefully every year. The A side is going to be pretty much like just a set that I've written. Uh, it will skew more like PG 13 or skews more clean. Um, as far as like topically and cursing and things like that. Uh, and then I will have the B side every year that is going to be whatever I want it to be crowd work, um, compilations from when I'm on the road. Cause I've been doing, cause that's the thing is once I burn through material, I have like a few ideas I'm working on, but then I keep the best stuff from that last hour and then do crowd work as much as I possibly can. 
And uh, at these shows, I've been recording all the crowd work. And there have been like a couple where I'm like, oh, it's like 15 minutes. I'm talking to these people back and forth. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And so I'm just going to compile those along with some stories and jokes that I'm uh, working on right now that are probably more adult themed, I guess. And for people who like kind of the dirtier stuff. So that way, if no matter what you like, I'll get you something. If you like something that's less dirty, I got you covered. If you like something that's more adult, I got you covered. Um, so yeah, now I'm working on getting that compiled and uh, uh, releasing that in the next couple of months, realistically. Uh, so that way I've got more coming out online. Uh, so yeah, that's doing that. Editing clips for myself and comics on social media, coaching comics, raising a family, rinse, wash, repeat. Yeah. Hell yeah. A lot of stuff that's- going on. A lot of stuff going on. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Awesome. And a fall tour that I'm going all over the place for. So yeah, people can check out my website, milesweber.com and all the places that I'm going and coming and going this year. And then I'm starting to book up stuff for next year too. Um, so it's very exciting. Hell it's yeah. just a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It's good though. It's good though. You know, little miles, young miles would have been proud of you. Absolutely. Yeah, no, the yeah, the, the kid version, and that's something I got to remind myself of almost daily. It's just like kid Miles is freaking the fuck out right yeah. now. You need to pick your chin up, man. Come on, what are we doing here? Um, so yeah, man, always busy, always busy, and hopefully we'll be seeing you guys uh, in person at some point soon. Hell yeah, hopefully soon. Hell hey, yeah. I know you're always busy, but thank you so much for making time with yes, us today. Thank you. Of course, thanks for having me. Anytime, Hell you guys. Yeah. This was fun. You want to plug your social media stuff? Yes, follow me on social media at Miles Weber Joker on uh, all the socials except for Facebook. Facebook, it's uh, at Miles Funny. Um, so, yes, uh, things have been going well on Facebook. Someone f- created a fake me account. Oh, wow. Had to rep- you made yeah, it. I had to, you made I had it. to report. Thanks. I know. Yeah, I had to report a fake me account. Yeah, they were commenting on my stuff. They were like, <laughs> yeah. They like came in and had my picture and everything, and but and they were leaving comments like, "Thanks for, uh, uh, following me, message me or something, and I'll make you smile." And they were like saying that on a bunch of things, Whoa. a bunch of comments, and so I was just like, "What the hell?" <clears throat> and so I kind of reported them off of the comments, and then Facebook was like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to do anything." And so then I had to report the profile. So now I'm waiting to see if they'll take it down but i'm just like why would i be this doesn't make any sense that's like, like when um that's like when athena does her uh, online her facebook readings yeah and they come in and go hey mm-hmm. uh come message me at this place blah 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 yep. i have blessings for you or you know whatever. yeah it's always so weird it's, it is so weird and scammy <laughs> everybody's trying to fish for information because yeah. everybody's broke uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's broke. It's hard out there. That's why shit's wild right now. Everybody's just like, oh my God. I'm like, pay people. Just give people money. Just print more fake money and give people money. And right? then a lot of this, exactly. will, just people, paper. yeah, people can't afford to live anymore. So yeah, of course things are crazy right now. They have mm-hmm. to be. Like, if, if somebody said, like, you shouldn't have a job and be poor. And I'm like, that's exactly. right. That's you shouldn't, right but uh, you, shouldn't. you are exactly <laughs> in this exactly. society. Exactly. So, so yeah, I forgot what we were talking about, but we were, uh, we follow were me goodbye. on social media. 
Follow me on social media because it's none of that talk. It's just jokes. It's just jokes. It's just jokes. That's my lane I've picked. There's jokes and crowd interactions. Don't don't message the wrong one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't be the wrong uh, profile. Yeah, don't try and be me, man, Mm -hmm. online. Trust me. It's a lot of... It's a lot of people calling you names most of the day. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that. You can find me uh, across the board at Funky Sam Medina. And I'm at She Shines For You, all spelled out, no numbers. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Thank you again, Miles. Thank you. Love you guys. <laughs>